Hello and welcome to The Cast of Us, a podcast dedicated to The Last of Us on HBO and brought to you by the Fan Critical Network. Uh, we have a bit of a change up this week, dear listener. There is no John, there is no Gaz. Little, little Gareth is travelling across the globe uh, to make it back in time for the launch of our Last of Us coverage. And as I've highlighted before, John, because he's really grumpy in that, is staying completely unsullied or uninfected with the knowledge of the game so that he can give us a fresh new take on the events that transpire. You know, and he's not going to be like uh, me and Gaz having a go at them when they change one line of dialogue. You know, he's not going to be flipping tables, although he is quite negative, so he might flip tables about something else. But anyway, in that spirit, before the show airs this weekend and our main coverage launches with myself, John and Gaz, we have a special guest on this week as we felt it would be a great time to revisit The Last of Us Part 1, the game. And then to delve into a spoiler-filled section, highlighting the key moments we hope are adapted well or what we think might benefit from a change. Now, don't worry, I will say when that section begins. So if you don't want any spoilers, you can turn it off after our spoiler-free thoughts, okay, on The Last of Us Part 1, the game. So joining me from Story Mode Gaming is Jesse. How are you, Jesse? I am am hot, but I am good, and I am very (laughs) excited to be here. When you say you're hot, you mean, you, you, you know, not sexually. It is quite hot here in Australia at the moment. It's like 30 fucking nine degrees or something out there, mate. I would honestly say a bit of both. <laughs> um, I've got a newfound confidence. But yes, it is about 35 or so at the moment. It's crazy. it's not fun. It's a struggle. I'm not going to lie. This is in this office, I've already said, you know, pre-show. It's bloody hot in here. All right. So... Leave that to your imaginations, listeners. Okay, anyway, Jesse is a friend of Fan Critical. Uh, Story Mode Gaming has a history with Fan Critical. And we've actually reviewed The Last of Us Part 2 together a few years back. Isn't that right, Jesse? Do you remember that? Yes, little, we uh, did. About two and a half hour long discussion. Oh, my God. It was a Absolute long discussion. delight. It was. I it was. I mean, look, we'll get on to The Last of Us Part 2 in about two years' time. Because I'm pretty sure um, from some early buzz of uh the, you know people who have seen the whole series of the last of us which is coming up it looks like it's definitely going to be renewed because <laughs> uh, the, the reviews are glowing um but we're not here to talk about last of us part two which is a fantastic game we're here to talk about another fantastic game uh the last of us part one now jesse in a previous podcast previewing the show me gaz and john uh talked about our relationship to the game uh, what is your relationship to Last of Us? So, on any given day, I will consider it my favourite game ever made. It is Ooh, yeah, a boy. masterpiece in storytelling, gameplay, and just... Look, I'm a sucker for anything from Naughty Dog. Yeah. Um, started my, my love affair started with you know, Jack and Daxter. Moving <laughs> yeah. through Uncharted, and then we got The Last hey, of Us. So Where's that I, Crash Bandicoot love song? Crash, oh, of course, of course. Of course. But now you can't because it's Xbox now. So you got to just, we got to put Crash away. Yeah, they've, uh, they've what have they done to my boy? Um, <laughs> my boy. But yes, no, The Last of Us, I remember I, I, playing it. I remember the, the top and tail. And obviously we won't say how the game ends. Mm-hmm. But I have a very distinct memory. It was a Saturday morning. And I was playing Bioshock Infinite and The Last of Us yep. at the same time for some bizarre reason. And I bizarre, finished them yep. both on the same morning. 
I played The Last of Us, <laughs> which we'll go into the ending a little bit later on, and then yeah. did the uh, bizarre ending of Bioshock Infinite. Mm-hmm. And that's always scarred into my memory. As for the actual gameplay it's, itself, it's... I think this is one of the first games that really showed me that while gameplay can be good, and the gameplay in Last of Us has its flaws, mm-hmm. the story carries it in such a way. The story is told with such a maturity and yep. a confidence in the player being able to take that in mm-hmm. and be able to separate your action from your set, you know, your spoken, you know, dialogue heavy uh, scenes and things like that. Mm-hmm. It just sticks with you. I, I, I think about these games every day. Last of yeah. Us Part 1 and Part 2. I, I, I agree. constantly thinking about these games. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? I have the same thing like i was making notes today and i don't even need to make notes on this game you know because i like you just said I, I genuinely think about it on a day-to-day basis um and i try and <laughs> whenever i try and tell people who aren't uh, people who play games i'm like you should play the last of us because like i'm just going to say to you now it's one of the best stories ever told um across any medium in my opinion um you know they still haven't done it and that's why i'm excited for the show because i'm like finally this huge audience is going to be opened up to this great story and that's that's really exciting um have you played the the remake the ps5 part one version jesse yes i played it as soon as it came out last year yeah and when you asked me to jump onto this podcast a few days ago i started playing it again beautiful beautiful um it is incredible and i so i was gonna say that when i said in the preview podcast of the boys i've played it through like five like last of us like five times i did my sixth playthrough on the new part one version and boy howdy it doesn't get it does not get old that game is so you find new things every time yeah I, i especially after playing part two you find those links and playing part one again makes part two better it kind of got that 100 percent Better Call Saul thing. When you watch Better Call Saul, how it made Breaking <laughs> yeah. Bad better, it, yeah. it's that. It filled in the context. It's beautiful. I have to say that replaying it, I was, you know, I was, uh, I started it, and I was like, do I want to do this? And then I got to the opening, which we'll talk about a bit later as well, and I was just like, hundred percent. I'm just like, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm playing this. I blitzed it in about three days, and yeah. Um, now, the thing I think that's fascinating about this is this game did so many things so well that other games you know had attempted or you know maybe not even attempted but this game and i've written here in some bullet points some things that i genuinely you've already touched on one of them think that it did incredibly well which was you're playing the game for the story right now you've already touched on the, the gameplay not being the greatest and i think we can all admit that last of us part two's gameplay is a huge leap up in terms of verticality and all of that sort of stuff that goes along with it crafting system but this game i was not rushing through the gameplay because there's a lot of stealth elements but i was like i need to find out what happens next in this story man i need to find out like and i I had that feeling you've played it you but you need to know what happens next again you know what happens next but you need that beat to happen exactly right and you know a part of it that you know i've written here it's just the, the the fact that the motion capture and the acting was so phenomenal that you forget you're playing a game sometimes. You know what I mean? 
you know, you know when you're watching those and in the in the new version the ps5 version um which is also coming out on pc i think uh early next year or early this year now sorry of course it's in a, it's in a few months time yeah in a few months time uh the the facial expressions that troy baker and ashley johnson are getting in these cutscenes is absolutely phenomenal you know what i mean it's, it is some of the best acting if not the best acting i've seen in the game like this again was one of the first times, or one of the biggest times at least, where the the voice acting talent became synonymous with the characters. Mm-hmm. Ellie Ellie is you know Ashley, Troy is Joel. They are the same thing, and now we're seeing it more with like Christopher Judge is Kratos, and you, Kratos, you yeah. connect all that. But I think for me at least, and I think a lot of people, they were the first big ones. Yeah, yeah, and you know. Even though I was saying about playing for the story there, I then wrote my next note was something along the lines of, <laughs> you know, just wandering around and not rushing, just with the characters, incidentally, and taking your time in moments of tranquility um, creates such a touching relationship between Joel and Ellie through incidental dialogue. Now, games have been ripping this off since 2013 this game came out now. You know, you get it in every game. God of War just came out, right? You know, you got Mimir, you got fucking Kratos. They're nattering every five seconds. But before all these games, there wasn't as much incidental dialogue that was just there. Do you know what I mean? Giving you such contextual information about the characters and the world. And I sometimes just, when I was replaying it again, just took my time, just wandered around triggering new little lines of dialogue you know because i've done you know i'm trying to find new stuff in the game right and there was there's new lines in there i was like jesus i didn't hear this before it's fantastically well layered and those moments i don't know what you think but those those moments just without them i think the character would just be nowhere near as developed yeah i think most games previous to to last of us i mean like you said last of us is sort of laid out the sony blueprint because all the games follow that very heavy narrative focus now. The games like yeah. um, you know, Days Gone, God of War, and things like that, which I'm completely fine with. And they mm-hmm. have that incidental dialogue. What that helps with is, game previous to that is, all your character building was done in cutscenes. So you had no development and then just heavy. Like, they try to put too much into a Exposition, scene. Exposition, everything. You got bored with it. Kojima style. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. And it, it, it makes the game feel like two different parts. You have your narrative-focused parts and then your action gameplay. This melded the two in such a mm. beautiful way that when you play through it, yeah, I was like, cool, the action's fun. How tense it gets is probably the highlight of the gameplay aspects. Mm-hmm. But I just want to hear these guys. I just want to hear them talk. Yeah. That's all I want. I, I just need to know more about these characters. So when they announced mm. the show, it's like, okay. I get to hear them talk more. Brilliant. Yeah, that's right. Um, and what we talked about in the preview podcast was Craig Mazin's uh, joint director of the show, right? Uh, with Neil Druckmann. Um, I call him Neil, first name terms, obviously. Of course. Um, but no, he, he did Chernobyl, right? And you've seen Chernobyl and how fantastic, how fantastic that show was and how absolutely brutal the environments looked. And I've, talked about on the preview podcast with john and gaz and they agreed they love chernobyl and stuff and um you know they can't wait to see how 
they interpret this world because when you play through the game and the environmental storytelling as well like just the scene you know 20 years on from the cordyceps infection and you've just got this world which is overtaken by nature um again which i'd love by the way and we talked about that in the preview podcast especially me and gaz absolutely love this sort of stuff and um but just how it's just like a snapshot in time you know what i mean of when the outbreak happened and you go through these buildings and you just see posters on the wall and half, half pack bags and things like that that's right that's right and this was one of the first games i remember you know i was oof, i must have been bloody hell 2013 what was i early 20s and i was just absolutely like you said there had never been something the closest before this was like metal gear right which had completely like took my brain to a new place whereas this was so cultured the storytelling was so just everywhere like we talked about the incidental dialogue we talked about the environment it's just all around you it was constantly being told but in such an elegant way that you didn't even realize it right it's only when you look back and you have to analyze the game you go oh shit this that thing on the wall that little piece of writing taught me so much (laughs) you know that piece of graffiti that was talking about this thing you know what i mean it's a game that completely like envelops you because you could take out just the set design and you can focus on that and you can Mm. derive a story from that just the music just the score itself which is absolutely stunning you can get story just from that it 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 covers every sense when you play it do you think they're going to keep the music do you think they're going to keep um the same well it's the um, same arrangements gustavo santa olala i'm gonna guess that i pronounced that incorrectly yeah um yep. he's doing sure. the score for this so I'm, I'm gonna hope so if they play that that guitar line in the opening credits i'll start tearing up <laughs> mainly because yeah, i tried to learn it last year that's very difficult uh, how did it go <laughs> not well i gave up not on that well. real quick okay well uh, so I was going to put in uh, right here, I was going to insert Jesse playing The Last of Us theme, but I'll actually, it's all right, Jesse, I won't hurt the listeners that well. I'll yeah, leave that <laughs> Um But the gameplay, like we talked about that and how, you know, it's not game break or anything. But the main thing I want to talk about before we go on to our overall rating of the game, and then uh, obviously the lovely, delicious, juicy spoilers, um, is how brutal how visceral the gameplay is as a whole, but also how it makes you question what you're doing. Now, this to me was the biggest revelation of the game is that you're going through the game, you're trying to get to all these story beats, you're building this fantastic relationship together, Joel and Ellie's relationship. But there's a point in the game where you're just like, hold on a second. You know, this happens maybe even midway through. I'm just like, what what are we doing like are we i can't i don't feel right doing some of these things that are going on you know and it makes you the player question what you're doing and this is not like you have a choice this isn't a game where you get to go oh yeah i'll spare this person's life it's a game where no you you are you know these people are cowering on their knees and you're just blowing their heads off um you know no mercy um and you just have to get on with it and it's when you get to the end of the game that you sit there and you go Oh, so maybe we were the bad guys all along. 
<laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? The game has the peep show moment at the end. Yes. Are we the baddies? Yeah. Yeah. And that, to me, was such... It goes back to the way that the story's told. I mean, I like that there's no real free will from us. You know what I mean? To, to choose our own path. I like that they're telling the story they want to tell. We are inhabiting these characters. And then that's it. And we take you know, what we want out of it. You can say, oh, yeah, we did the right thing. We did the wrong thing. Um, that's left up to you as the player to decide. But I think most people will fall down on the fact that, <laughs> that you know, our main protagonist isn't necessarily a good character. He's a great character, but not necessarily a, a good character. He's complex. You know what I mean? They're all, com- they're all good complexities to him. I love it. I absolutely love it. And um, have you heard of, Jesse, of course you've heard of this, but uh, for any new listeners who haven't heard of this, at Fan Critical, as a whole, and now on the cast of us, we will be rating every episode out of five blueberries, the patented blueberry scale. Zero to five, there can be no halves. You have to fall down on a bloob, okay? Now, I think I know where we're going with this, but... Where would you say Last of Us Part 1 sits on the blueberry scale? How many blueberries you got? You're only allowed five, Jesse. <laughs> then I'm Don't gonna break go... the rules. <sighs> People who have broken the rules have never been on the podcast again. So this is it. Is All it right? worth breaking it once? <laughs> Look, five out of five. Five out of five. Faultless. Yeah. It, it, it changed the path of gaming. And I think it will do the same for... Um, movie and t- uh, TV um, adaptations of games as well. Yeah, I will completely agree with you. It's a five out of five. And you said something earlier, uh, which was that it's in, you know, you think about it every day and it's in your top video games of all time. You know how you have like a list of like five films or five video games or five songs and you wake up on a different day and a different one is potentially at the top or has moved out of your top five, this game will always be in my top five. There is, it is yes. there is no chance of it ever being out of there. It is as revolutionary, in my opinion, as, say, Super Mario 64. Like, you know, that's just the way I feel about the game. I, it completely... Look at PlayStation games now. Look at them. They're all third-person, third narrative-driven, you know, action games. With incidental dialogue and environmental storytelling. They are just literally... that PlayStation has built a fucking pantheon around this game. You know, Uncharted, Naughty Dog, Uncharted and fucking Last of Us. Just the experts of this. So, I mean, for me, it's a five. And um, I will happily replay this game every single year, to yeah. be honest with you. The only thing that I'm going to stop myself from doing is replaying The Last of Us Part 2. Because I'm really trying to save that. I want as long a gap as possible for when season two of the show comes out, which it inevitably will. So I can play it just before. But uh, yeah, it's a five from me. Um, And one of the greatest games of all time. Agreed. Now, listeners, I'm going to put a little musical interlude in here. Some very calming Last of Us title music. It's one of the most calming pieces of music ever. It it finds me my zen. And I'm going to play it now. And when we come out of the music... Uh, we're going to be talking spoilers. So if you do not want any spoilers for The Last of Us Part 1, or you don't want any spoilers potentially for what's going to be in the show, please uh, stop listening, actually, and then either play the game or revisit this 
after the show is aired, and therefore I will not be blamed for spoiling you. I've given you fair warning. After this little musical interlude, there will be spoilers. Musical interlude, spoilers. See you on the other side. Right, Jesse, first thing I'm going to come to you with is the opening of the game. Yep. Which, uh, do you agree, is possibly the best opening of a game you've ever played? Yes. There's no question about it. I, yeah, I vividly remember playing this opening for the first time and just walking around the house as Sarah. Um, you see the explosion in the distance and whatnot. And I was just, even at that point, I was like, fuck me, this is good. This is good. Like this is this is, and then it just goes to fucking eleven. I love how amazing that opening is. Do you think that they are going to do a cold open, similar to the way the game plays, um, and then cut to Last of Us title? Do you think they're going to do that? So Sarah's death and that crazy opening at the start. I hope so. I I definitely. I just want to touch on the moment though when you mentioned the explosion. When you go into Joel's room and you see the explosion. Yeah. Did you see how that mirrors a shot from Chernobyl? Oh yeah. Yeah. When Good I because I remember when I first watched Chernobyl and you see that because that is my favorite scene in Chernobyl because it's so understated. It's just that pop, mm. and you mm. know that that little thing that caused such such an issue. Um, when I first saw that, I, I turned around to my partner and was like, "Hey, Last of Us." So very glad there's a loop back around. Nice, nice little call out there. I have to go back and watch that scene in Chernobyl. I do remember it, but now. Side by side, you're right. Yeah. I like that. But if they don't open with it, I'll be a little disappointed because it is such a powerful opening. And forget what the people who've played the game know because this is what I try to tell people and get their heads around. Like The, the people who have played this game is probably going to be like 10% of the total audience. If this show blows up, which it looks like it's going to blow up, Game of Thrones style, we're talking like the gaming you know, segment of the audience is going to be maybe even 5%, maybe even less, right? So they need to hook people early. And I think they need to just go this opening, off the bat, title. I, I've got I, a I, controversial I, opinion on it. I think they should end the episode with it. Ooh, okay. Like a flashback kind of yep. situation. So you all episode people who don't know the story are wondering why is Joel like this? Interesting. And it ends with Sarah. Okay. Okay, I could see that as well. We did talk in the preview podcast about how uh, flashbacks are going to play a huge uh, part in the season. I definitely could see it as a very good storytelling device um, throughout the season, um, shedding light on the characters a bit more. Um, and I think we'll get more flashback stuff than we did in the game, if you get what I mean. Yes. I think there'll be even more context because I think the audience will need that because you're not playing, you know, you're not playing through these sections, getting all this stuff. So I definitely can see um, a lot of flashbacks being used. Um, I've written notes here, so I'm just going to rattle off, like, and feel free to jump in, Jesse, with some things that you want to you want to see adapted um, and things, you know, I've put here Billstown. Now, we know that Billstown is going to be expanded on. And we know that we're going to see Bill's partner, Frank, and he's going to have more story 
um, you know, the note from him in the game and its implications, I think, are very interesting. And there's a lot of, you know, conjecture about um, Bill and Frank's relationship. I love Bill as a character um, in the game. He is him and Ellie, like, bouncing off of each other. I am really looking forward to seeing Bella Ramsey and um, <laughs> and him, you know, have this back and forth just swearing each other I, it, it, I think it's hilarious every time I play it I love it um, you reckon they're going to go a bit bigger on Bill's Town I think it could be a couple of episodes well I've watched have you watched any reviews yet I am um, are you avoiding so them? look I, I, I've read two reviews the ones that I care about so I don't read a lot of outlets I also don't like to before something comes out I don't like to overhype myself. I'm already yep. on the, you know, as everyone knows who listens to the podcast, I'm already super the hype man of the podcast. That's why we've got John, you know, who really brings me back down to earth. And Gaz is the middle line, okay? So um, I don't want to hype myself up too much. Plus, I don't like to give myself too many ideas about um, what I'm expecting. I want to be sort of, you know, taken away. I've, I've read excerpts of reviews, not full reviews. But I know, I already know from pre-production at Billstown, um, and this storyline is going to be getting a bit more. They're bite. really focusing on the first half of the game, I think. Yeah, even just going yeah. from trailers, you don't see too much of the end. But they could just be. Look, there's only nine episodes. I don't know they go for about an hour and a bit each, but they're going to yeah. lose a little bit there. So I, I'm kind of glad. Like, Bill's an interesting character. Very uh, interesting. A Bill-centric episode. And it's Nick Offerman playing him, right? Yeah, so Nick Offerman. I like that man. casting a lot as a I, Parks and Rec what fan. What do you think of the casting overall? I love it. I think it's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked in the preview podcast about um, how it's going to be hard, so me and Gaz spoke about this, how it's going to be hard to distance um, the characters we have in our head from the characters um, that we see. Like, I love Pedro as, as casting. Bella, I said, um, I didn't pick myself, but um, I think she's going to do a fantastic job. But I, and the thing is, I know what will happen. I'll watch the first episode and I'll be completely attached and in love with the characters. So, have you seen I, I, the, there's uh, no. The, somebody made a mod for Last of Us. I did see that. Yep. I did see that. Uh, Bella Ramsey mod for Last of Us. Was that Last of Us Part 2? Was it Last uh, of Us Part, part one. 1? Part 1. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is uh, the mod the mod community. Thank thank God for you, mod community. You're always making games far more interesting. They do good. Um, the Frank and Bill storyline, I think they could even go for a whole episode on that. Um, it could even be a bottle episode. I don't know. I think um, it will but be then as well. You maybe take away from from the Joel and Ellie story. It's tough to know. Um, I've got a little crying emoji here next to my next note, Jesse, which is uh, Sam and Henry. <sighs> yeah. This show, will, I, I will cry in this, during the show, and that will be one of the scenes, because that scene, that's, when, when you were mentioning before, I didn't want to mention it because I don't want to go into spoilers, but when you said, there's that moment when you realize, hey, are we the bad guys? And that that was it for me, because mm. you that, that humanized the clickers. These were just people. These were kids. These were family. They were brothers and sisters and mothers mm. and fathers. And you're like, oh, I've been smashing their brains in with bricks and shivving them and stuff like that. <laughs> that, yeah, shiver him. Always oh, shiver him. You gotta don't shiv- smash him with bricks, Jesse. That's, it just just build your shivs and use your shivs. Yeah, I always had to have three shivs in my back pocket 
because you just never know what's going to come like out. You and I would play the game very similar because we were Metal Gear fans. Stealth. Yeah. Like, you, Stealth. They, they, don't, right. they don't see you at all. Like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Well, they don't because all they do is hear, remember? So, uh, yes. they would never see it. Yes, very good. The Sam and Henry thing, um, uh, I have to say, like, on my latest playthrough, I was just, that was the moment when I put the control, like, you know, you're just watching the cutscene. I had the controller down and I said, fuck me, this show's going to just really, <laughs> it's really going to get to some people, man. I, I, I was like, it's, it's just got so many crescendos. I saw story crescendos. A few people talking about the performances in the show, and they said they're all just A grade. But they said, yeah, two of the standout performances are these two. So you oh. know it's gonna twist the knife. Oh man, I'm excited. I mean, the Sam and Henry, you know, it it's a tragic midpoint of the game, really, um, and it it's hard to recover from that. Do you think they're gonna go for seasons? Like, do you think they're going to go, you know, winter, some, I mean, summer, uh, autumn, winter, spring? Do you think they're going to do that? Or do, you, or do you think they're not going to do that? I don't know how you do that in a, in a, in a comfortable, even way over nine episodes. Yeah, I, I agree. That, that becomes a little bit tricky. So I think they may avoid it. And it, I wish they could do it. But this, this really does show that it's completely different media over games. If it was a if it was a film, I think they could definitely do it. I think when they originally envisaged making this, it was a film, um, and there was loads of discussions. I remember the fucking rumors swirling around for years about well, this being a film. A bunch of stuff came out recently, and they said the one of the reasons it was scrapped is because they wanted to be quote sexier, more explosions, more action. They want to be just a zombie film. Mm. So I'm, very I'm pretty sure they've stripped that back. In this, and I think from what I've read, because um, obviously in the game, you know, this is no spoiler, like the kill count must be insane by the end of the game. <laughs> you know, you're probably talking like thousands, right? Not just people, I'm talking infected, whatever. Uh, I think they're definitely going to have to strip that back uh, and make it more impactful because otherwise it just becomes very same. You know, the game is you know, not long, but it's decent. And there is fatigue involved <laughs> you know you are oh, another infected section oh another human section i think when Druckmann so, came up with a story he had a story he didn't have a game and they had to add stuff to it to make it into a game the action yeah, parts are fine but when so, you talk about the last of us that's you talk about story beats if it's action you're going to talk about the the flooded basement which yep. was a nightmare that my, oh my, oh my first playthrough that was fucked um and the ambush they're really yes. the two action scenes and maybe the blizzard maybe because that's quite fun. Yeah, I like the Blizzard. I like um, the Blizzard. Especially for stealth. Um, so. um, obviously, you've seen in the trailers, the Left Behind DLC is going to be in this with Riley and Ellie's story. Um, this, to me, is going to be flashback to territory across an episode for sure. Um, but that DLC is just awesome. Like, I, I, I just loved, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And... I think the set design's already, you know, amazing just from the trailer. But when they light up the little amusement park Carousel, thing, yeah. so good. Yeah, um, I'm so glad they include the photo booth. Yes, that's such a f- what this game does. I'm just comparing it to like the last sort of what was like the last like action gory game I played. It was a Callisto Protocol. Heads up, 
don't play Callisto Protocol. Awful. Nah, I've sacked that off. I'm not bothering. It's garbage. But what that game does, it's because everything is gory and everything's intense and dark and grimy. It makes nothing that. There's no comparison. There's no ups and downs or ebbs and flows. It's just mm. one note. With The Last yep. of Us, you get your scenes where Joel falls onto a spike and it goes through his kidney. And then you yep. get your draft. And then you get Ellie getting attacked. But you get these ups and... And then you got, you know, Joel playing guitar. These ups and downs makes everything hit mm. harder. Um, mm. The game... Like... I really like the season motif throughout the game because it really represents the flow of the game. You have your winters and you have your summers throughout the whole thing. Ups and downs. Mm. It's so nice, well-crafted. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned giraffes there. Um, I am fascinated to know whether that is staying in the show. Because... I think they could easily swap that out or change it, um, and it would still be how ha- it would still be a lovely moment. But for the gaming community, man, I'm going to see some fucking comments if they don't keep those giraffes in. I'll tell you now, that is probably the one moment. I think there's two moments that if they touch them, I think the community will. Um, I'm not. No, this is nothing against the gaming community because it's lovely in a way. I oh, know there's so many no, lovely people out there. No, it's there's not. So it's many, garbage. There's so many angry people. There's so many angry people out there, Jesse. It scares me. Like when Last of Us Two came out, and there was all that horrible, horrible discourse online about um, Ellie and Abby's sexual orientation, and also just the way that the story was, um, you know, leaked, and then people didn't like the way the story went. You know, the Last of Us community is obviously extremely passionate. Um, but do you think they would change the giraffes? Do you, do you think they're going to annoy the community in that I way? I think for one, of all people in the world not caring about what that part of the fandom mm. cares about, it's Neil Druckmann. The yes, amount no. of shit he went through during part two was just oh, yeah. ridiculous. I'm so glad he's going to change his own things. I think there will be some beats I, I would love to see. Um, I would like to see them tweaked. If they have the draft scene and that's when Joel says, is it everything you wanted it to be? Or is it everything mm. you ever hoped for? I will mm. be a mess if they merge those two <laughs> scenes. I think that would be beautiful. I think yeah. there's really three scenes in the whole thing that I, I would like to say same. The opening scene, which it looks like they didn't keep the same. The draft scene, which is who knows. And that last scene. Because I think yes. I think that last scene will do something very interesting for people who haven't played the game before. And that will It will elevate It will start a conversation beyond the beyond the show. They will think about that moment for months. And I've mm. been thinking for years. Yeah, I've been thinking about it for years. The survivor and- guilt and just the complexity of that moment. It's gonna change people's perception. Cause look. A lot of people still think of video games as as Pac-Man because they're just not in the same sphere as us, which is That's fair right. enough. This could be the changing moment where they're just like, wait. And also, let me look at the other video game properties we've had recently, like the Monster Hunter film, garbage, dumb action film, the Resident Evil things we got recently, garbage, dumb action. God, it was so bad. Focusing on the dumb and garbage. Um, but this, we elevate it to an actual piece of art. That's what this game is. It merged gameplay and art. I I agree that, you know, just from the two reviews that I've read excerpts of, they've said this is the best video game adaptation ever made. Um, 
we said that in our preview podcast, this should be, it's got all of the right makings to be the best video game adaptation to date and could be a game changer because of the HBO, because of the Craig Mazin, because Neil Druckmann's so heavily involved, because you've got Pedro fucking Pascal as Joel, you know, you've got these A-list actors, you've got the money, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got everything there, you've got the format that you wanted, episodic and not a film, you've got everything you need for this to be the perfect melting pot for video game adaptation, which is why, like we've highlighted, I think the one thing they cannot change and... I'm not saying I'm going to be angry if they change it because Neil's, Neil's in charge and he's if he's got a better idea, then I will be amazed because I think that the end of The Last of Us Part 1 is one of the best endings to anything I've ever seen. There's one other ending that I can think of in my head where I'm like, no, no that, that's, an imp- that's a perfect ending and that's the end of Inception, which still to this you know day just... Because it's open-ended. It, 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 it asks... Yes. It doesn't leave with an answer it leaves with a question and so inception was yes. was it real and last of us was was that right yeah and you will never get an answer and means you'll be asking you- that question forever <laughs> i completely agree uh, uh, they can't change the ending man because um just it it is perfect and i i just think that that is the one thing that will challenge the audience in the off season because it's not necessarily a cliffhanger, but it feels like an emotional cliffhanger. You have, you know, it, it, like people said, you did not need a Last of Us Part Two at all. You could leave the franchise, the series, those characters, the world right there in that moment on that hill, whatever it is. And you could just the look in their eyes and that is it. Um, however, obviously, Last of Us Part Two is fucking incredible. And uh, we it turns out we did need it. But uh, <laughs> But, Agreed. you know, in isolation, don't change a thing with that. I, I can't wait to see. That's probably my, the thing that I'm most excited to see. Episode nine, the end of episode nine, because I'm assuming this is the full first season, which I'm pretty sure it is. And I'm pretty sure that's the way it's going to go. Um, that look on Ellie's face. I just want to see it. I just want to see it in real life. <laughs> and I'll be a happy man. Um, if Bella Ramsey pulls that that look, because that the look Ellie gives at the end of that game says more than the rest of the game, which isn't isn't judging the rest of the game. It's that look because yeah. I'm like, there's so much in that. If she can oh, pull it off. Crazy. Wow, beautiful. And give her a the motion capture as well. Like just again, like how they were able to get that even on the 2013 game, and now when I played the remaster version, you, you know the remake, you're seeing all the little minute details um in the face it's just unbelievable um it, but yeah if they change that oof, it's funny be, though uh, how you brought up um how this is like a perfect game to be a, um to get an adaptation it's funny that that was its weakness when it first came out a lot of people judge and said hey no this is a film with gameplay on it this isn't yeah. as fun as it could be because it was different to other games I, that makes me really hopeful for all those games that follow suit now getting TV version, so you God of War, God of War. Horizon, Horizon. I think yeah. Days Gone would actually make a really good. Have you played Days Gone? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I dropped off of it after about uh, it's not bad. seven, eight hours. I just, I just got a bit. Tired I mean, I've there. heard the actual games like forty hours to complete. Yeah. And when I heard that, I was like, God, I just don't have the time for this, guys. Sorry. I, I, I've got really high hopes for it. Make a Death Stranding film. Let's get weird with it. An A twenty four Death Stranding film. Come on. 
oh i'd be i'd be in for that but i (laughs) I will say that this is a good thing um that this game is being adapted the way that it should the way that the creator wants it to be adapted and um like i said you're gonna have to tune in obviously for our review of the of the first episode but I'm the hype man, so I'm I'm already excited. You can tell my levels. Oh, yeah. You know, it's going to be very hard for me to be uh, in the fan critical, the critical element of me. However, I will be. That's why we have John, lovely John, negative, lovely John, <laughs> to come and bring everything down to earth. But even he's excited, so I don't know. But uh, is there anything else, Jesse, that you thought you want to mention on the the sections that really pique your interest for the show, or are you just happy to roll with it now? You, Let's roll. He's happy. He's a happy man. He's crying. He's crying. Stop crying. Jesse, stop crying right now. <laughs> I'm excited. No, I'm feeling it. I'm right excited. Now. I I literally thought the other day, I was like, uh, and me, Gaz, and John were talking, you know, in our podcast uh, WhatsApp group. And we were just like, yeah, this, this is going to be good. Um, and it's bloody exciting to be covering something. Um, just that we're all incredibly excited to cover not to say that that doesn't always happen but it does sometimes we have to cover films and someone doesn't like that genre of film or sometimes we you know westworld season three happens where you think oh it's got to be better than season two right and then we have to do the whole season i mean look rough offense to westworld it it fell off a fucking cliff and it made john almost fucking end his podcasting career <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there are those moments but i'm confident uh that this will not be one of them okay well i think we're running a bit long but jesse i want to say thanks for being our special guest our professional this week from story mode gaming um where can people check story mode gaming out jesse um probably on twitter that's where i can be bothered posting we're at story mode yes. aus uh all other social medias that seem to be on fire i guess twitter is as well but at stormit aus you can catch uh everything we do we have a few different shows uh no doubt we'll be talking a bit about uh last of us as well last of us three being rumored now who knows who knows who knows got to keep the show going somehow haven't they and of course next week it all begins our coverage of the hbo adaptation of the last of us of course john and gaz will be back soon after each episode has aired Myself and little Gareth will be releasing our hot take. And then on Tuesday, US time and Wednesday, UK and Australia time, we will have our deep dive on the episode with a scene by scene breakdown and how the episode differs or replicates sections of the game. We're buzzing to discuss the show with you all. Of course, you can let us know your feedback. Email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. That is fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. You can get on touch with us at Twitter at fancriticalpod. Instagram is fan underscore critical. And we are just fancritical on Facebook. All right, guys. Thanks again to Jesse. Uh, See you all next week. And in the meantime, endure and survive.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.